started. Um, welcome. This is uh, the Youth and Mental Health Virtual Discussion being hosted by uh, Exquisite Kids, which is a nonprofit uh, grassroots organization here in Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Kimberly Bowman. I am the founder, owner, whatever you want to call me, <laughs> of Exquisite Kids. Um, the organization has been around in the low country since about 2017. Um, we are committed to being able to help um, empower and educate communities and families on issues of self-esteem and self-confidence issues as they pertain to um, kids and our youth. You know, um, we I'm, I've always been someone that's been very committed to the community. I love being able to help uh, make a difference. I love volunteering. I love being able to contribute to some kind of positive cause. And if I've learned anything over the years, is the importance of investing in our youth. Um, and I think that you know, as we as our communities continue to grow, it's important that we invest in our youth because they're the ones that are gonna take over <laughs> when, we're, when we're old and gray and long and gone. <laughs> so um, definitely uh, mental health is a very, 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 very important topic to me. Um, I have struggled with mental health um, issues of over the years. Um, I think we all have in some way, you know, through COVID, through the pandemic, have dealt with self-esteem and self-confidence issues, uh, mental health issues uh, in some capacity over the past year. Um, and I just think it's very important that we come together, have a discussion, um, talk about these things, because when we don't talk about them and we pretend that they don't exist, uh, you know, they just lead to more issues and the problems just continue to fester in our communities and that's not a good thing. So um, we definitely pride ourselves on um, intervention, uh, empowering people, being able to help, and calling upon people such as Dr. Stella, uh, who is an amazing, amazing doctor. Um, she specializes in so many different things. I don't want to give you an introduction because I feel like I'm going to forget something because I know you do so much, Dr. Stella. <laughs> she is an amazing woman, and I feel like with this being March, uh, Women's History Month, of course, um, I want to be able to make sure we provide platforms to incredible women um, in our communities, in our regions, in our countries. Uh, Dr. Stella is actually joining us from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So she's not here in the Low Country, but we're going to consider her uh, a part of the Low Country, a transplant right now. <laughs> Um, because she's just so amazing and she's been putting up with me and all my craziness the past couple weeks. <laughs> so I'm definitely um, so grateful to be able to have her here. Um, so grateful to be able to um, have her sharing her knowledge, her resources, her insight um, with us so that we can be able to address these concerns, um, come up with positive, real solutions on how we can be able to uh, help our youth, how we can make a difference in their lives and make sure that we are, um, you know, investing in them in a way that they are going to become strong, strong-minded um, people, uh, well-rounded individuals to be able to take our communities and this society and our culture, <laughs> the country, to the next level. So um, I'm going to stop talking and 
I'm going to pass off the baton to uh, Dr. Stella and let her give her introduction and tell you about all the wonderful things that she does. Um, this uh, whole recording will be on our website as well. If you are interested in learning more about Exquisite Kids, I'm going to put it in the chat. Um, but our website is www.exquisitekidsrule.com. So they do. dot org. dot <laughs> org. So I thank each of you again. Um, we're going to hold questions to the end. If you want to send questions in chat, um, once she's done, um, I'll go through all of them and have her answer them. And yeah, I'm just hoping you guys enjoy and um, have a great evening. So, Dr. Stella, I'm passing it off to you. I'm going to go on mute and share my screen. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Kim. Nice to see you again, as always. Uh, welcome, everybody. I am just going to give a, a brief um, introduction of myself, and we'll continue with the program. My name is Dr. Stella Wokiji. I'm a family medicine nurse practitioner based in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm also the owner of a Bluff Medical Group. It's a primary care as well as a mental health clinic, a comprehensive mental health clinic. We see everybody, both adults and um, preteens and uh, teenagers as well. I'm also a lawyer um, and also an adjunct professor. I teach health policy and sometimes I also teach research and I enjoy, you know, working with the students. I feel like we need to impact our younger ones so that they will be able to carry them the baton, like uh, Kim just said. Also own two nonprofit organizations. One is Dr. Stella Enyu Wokiji Foundation. Short form is DSEN Foundation. Um, the mission of this foundation is to help indigent women and their families in Africa, precisely Nigeria people that are suffering with lack of mental health or medical health or even lack of food insecurity. We try to come in there, give them a skills acquisition, provide them with food, give them mental health services and also medical services. I recently opened up a clinic there where they can go and get a mental health and medical care. And also I have another nonprofit organization called Emergency and Rescue Medicine Foundation. I actually opened that up uh, due to the death of my father who died in Nigeria because of lack of medical care. So through these two nonprofit organizations, I've dedicated my life to helping those who don't have readily available medical care. I also host Med Hour with Dr. Stella. It's an online platform where I give opportunity for people to ask their medical questions and I report back to them with answers or any question or any concerns that they may have. I'm also um, a wife, a devoted wife and mother to my four children and uh, my husband. So I'm glad to be here. Mental health is something that is so dear to me. Like I put, if you can show me the screen please, the full screen. Can you? Okay. Um, can you see, can you see it now? I can see, but it's not the full screen. Okay, let me go bigger. How about now? Um, no. Hold on, let me see. Uh... While she's doing that, let me continue. Like what I've just said, you know, mental health issues are, they are more common than anyone could think about. 
we don't have a certain group of people that will have mental health issue. Anybody, be no matter your race, no matter your religion, your ethnicity, you are bound to have mental health. A lot of people have mental health issues. So if you have mental health, don't feel that you are alone. It's something that is general. Everybody deals with that at some point in their life. While she's still, while we're still waiting for her to pull it up as part of mental health, I want everybody here at least to take a deep breath 10 times and exhale. Exhale, take a deep breath. Exhale, one, deep breath. Two, again. I'm breathing with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Number four, deep breath. Almost there. Number five. Halfway to number six. Four more to go. Three. Two, last one. This is just a simple thing you can do. If you're stressed out, just take a breather. Breathe in, breathe out, and let it out. Because if you bottle in your stress, it does so many bad things to the body. One thing it gets your blood pressure up. When blood pressure is up, uncontrolled it can lead to stroke so try to stay away from stress as much as you can kim if you can that, that's fine i can i can continue with this this works that that's we, we can we can move on with that that's okay yeah that's okay. much better much much okay. better man perfect perfect <laughs> yeah we've already dealt with it the next slide please <laughs> all right and just let you can go ahead and get started Yes, the next slide, please. Oh. All right. Can you see it? Not yet. Okay. Uh, I got it up. There might be a short delay on between us. You still don't see it? Not yet. Good. This is it. Okay. Okay, this will be our topic for tonight, and the topic says importance of mental health in pre-adolescence and adolescence, how families and communities can help support them. Below is my name, Dr. Stella Mukeji. Next slide, please. All right. Uh, okay. It might be like a short delay, okay. so like... I did switch it to the third slide, but <laughs> okay. And just give me a thumbs up when you see it on your end. I see it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I have this here. Why mental health? The passion. Before somebody tries to do anything in life, that's probably something that pushed you to do it, or somebody something that relates to what you're suffering or what you've suffer, suffered in the past that can push you to do something. I do have some relation 
to mental health, and that's where my passion came about. Like I talked to you back in 2020, back in 2012, I lost my father, who was very dear to me. I am what we all regard as daddy's little girl. I didn't know that my dad, as old as I was, I was so naive to think that my dad could die. I felt you could live forever. I was here in the United States while he was back home. He went home to visit and he died there. Prior to his death, a day before his death, he called me on the phone. I was at the movie theater watching movies. That was on 4th of July weekend. The next morning, my brother called me and said, they're taking daddy to hospital. He's not doing well. He came on the phone. He, he asked me a question. He said, I called you last night. I didn't get you. I said, okay. Yes, you called me, but I was in the movie. I couldn't, I didn't hear my phone ring. And I could, I could hear his breathing. He was breathing very heavily. So I asked him, daddy, go ahead and go to the hospital. I will talk to you when you get to the hospital. When he got to the hospital, I didn't have an opportunity to talk to my dad. He passed on within 30 minutes. I lived with that guilt for a long time. I couldn't believe it. I felt bad for myself for not hearing my phone ring when I was in the movie theater. I felt bad not talking to him when he was talking to me. I should have allowed him to talk even if, when, if he was having difficulty breathing. All these things played in my head. For a long time, I, I couldn't sleep. For almost complete one week, I could not sleep. And you could tell what lack of sleep could do to your mental health. My heart was racing. I was having palpitation. My blood pressure was going up. I would end up in the emergency room. They would, bring, they would turn me around and say, something is stressing you out. There's nothing wrong with you. So that would tell you how his death impacted my mental health. It took me years. I had to take off from work because I couldn't do it. If I see an elderly person, I'll look at that person and start crying because I'm thinking, this person looks exactly like my father. How I wish my father is here for me to take care of him. So that's when my passion started. I started leaning more to mental health because I've, I've been through death. I had anxiety. I had panic attacks. I would get up at night and start shouting, thinking my dad is here so that I can give him a hug. I went through depression. So it's, it's normal when somebody passes away for you to grieve. But when it lingers a little bit, it becomes a problem. I'm sharing this with you to let you know that nobody is immune from mental health. Yes, I know what to do if I have such issues like anxiety and depression as a provider. But as, as a human being, as a common person, it was overwhelming me. So this is where my passion started. And I started looking into mental health. I'm asking myself, if I'm going through this as somebody that knows exactly what mental health is, what of others that have no idea how to deal with this? That's why I came to take up mental health as my passion. Next slide. All right, give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. Perfect. <laughs> if you look at this slide, it talks about mental health during, the, during this pandemic. Like I said before, think of people 
that have mental health issues pre-COVID and think of how they are doing now with the pandemic, pretty much all of us that don't have any current men mental health issues. It's difficult for us. It's hard for us to isolate ourselves. When you put that on children, it's even more difficult. It has been an anxious and difficult time for everybody. Students have not been to school. Some of them have not seen their friends for close to a year now. Their social lives are impacted. Kids go to school to socialize with their friends. But when everybody is doing Zoom school at home, they're not able to see their friends. Even if they see their friends on Zoom, it's not the same going to lunch, going to recess with your friends. So this is really affecting our children, and we need to find a way to help them. It has disrupted their lives, the COVID-19 pandemic. The kids are distraught. Oh, the slide went off again, Kim. The kids are destroyed, distraught. They can't even understand what's going on. For us adults, it's difficult for us. Think of how it is for them. So I am here this evening to let you know that mental health, this is the time for us to look into what's going on with mental health and our children and find ways to support them. They may not tell you what they're what they going through, but as their caregivers, as their parents, you have to be vigilant. You have to watch them to make sure you take care of them and their mental health. Next slide, please. All right, I just flipped it. Let me know. Give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. Sure. Perfect. With this discussion, I want it to be interactive. In the first, I'm going to give my presentation. Then at the end of the presentation, if you have any questions, please put it on the chat and Kim will let me know. This discussion will be of five parts. The first one will be, I'm going to discuss the early signs of mental health in children, preventive measures you can take so that a child will not have mental health. If they have mental health, how you can prevent it from getting worse. And things you don't say to someone with mental health, especially children, then I will conclude with ways you can help or support them with their mental health issues. Next slide, please. All right, I just flipped it. Give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. Awesome. The first one is early signs of mental health. If you can look at everything I've listed here, the first one is for concentration on or inattention. If you have a child, you know your children very well or you know your, the kids you're taking care of very well. When they start having that poor attention, they're not paying attention to what you're doing. If you ask them to do something, they can't sit for more than 10 minutes. They are irritable. They are easily distracted. They are angry. Sometimes they, they act out and you're wondering, Kelly, why are you acting out? What is wrong with you? Take your time and listen to that child. Make sure you know what is wrong with that child. It could be an early sign of mental health. Sometimes kids will feel sad. Kids of this generation, you see them, they'll uh, put in their earplugs, they're in their rooms, doors locked. You are thinking they are listening to music or watching TV. 
It could be this child is feeling sad. It could be this child is anxious or the child is depressed. It could be a sign of social withdrawal. The siblings are downstairs. This child is upstairs. You know, it's not a good thing. Go to that child. Find out what is going on. Have the child calm down. Make sure the child is actually listening to the music and not feeling sad. When you see a child, they're used to eating their breakfast, their lunch, their dinner, and you see a change in their eating pattern. Maybe they will eat breakfast, you come back, they've not taken lunch, you, you find it difficult to even convince them to eat their dinner. That could be an early sign of mental health. Or even sleeping pattern. At night you go to bed thinking that your child is sleeping, that child will be in the bed having all these strange thoughts going through his or her head. A child may not tell you, but if you have a child that's sleeping more during the day instead of sleeping at night, something is wrong if it's not normal with your child. If they're sleeping throughout the day, it's likely they're not getting enough sleep at night. Talk to that child and see what's going on. You could find out that this child has early signs of a mental illness. Sometimes when they're hyperactive, a child that will come back from school, you ask him to go and do his assignment, he sits down and does his assignment, but this time around, if you tell him his assignment, he, he shouts at you, why do I have to do it? You know, that's very unusual. And you're wondering, what is wrong with my child? I didn't raise this kind of a child. If your child is going through this, don't look at it that they are disobeying you, they're being disrespect, disrespectful, Look at it in a way that a lot of people are going through a lot now with this COVID. Could it be my child is going through mental issues? What can I do? They can come and tell you, mommy, daddy, I worry a lot. I worry about this. I worry about that. Don't put it off and say, don't worry. Everybody's worried about Zoom. It's not only you. Even um, John is trying to learn how to use Zoom. Don't push it off. Listen to that child. It could be their own way of communicating to you that something is wrong with them. A child can come back, you know, with a grade, a very poor grade. This is a child that is used to getting all A's and all B's. Now this child is failing. The teacher is telling you, I don't know what is going on. He sits in the class, he listens, but he does not put it in writing to pass the exam. Something is wrong with that child. It's not normal. It could be an early sign of mental health. Please reach out and find out exactly what's going on. Next slide, please. All right, give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. I see. These are the preventi preventive measures that you can take. But I want also to let you know that with mental health, there are certain mental health that are hereditary. It runs in the family. There's nothing you can do about it. But the ones that are triggered by the environment or things going on around the child. These are the ones I'm talking about in terms of preventive measures. And the question is, can you stop mental health before it occurs? I, I wouldn't say 100%, but there are things you can do to help prevent it or even allowing it to escalate. The first thing is to check the environment. Ensure that wherever your child is, is free of any physical, emotional, or sexual trauma. What you think 
is sexual trauma to you may not be the same to a child. Make sure you have an open door policy where your children will feel comfortable to come talk to you if somebody is abusing them physically, mentally, and sexually. Because when you allow this to go on without doing anything, this child's mental health is being affected. But if you can make sure that environment is conducive for a child, you are preventing that child from having mental health or even having a mental health being escalated. Diet. I can see Kim munching on something. Make sure the child eats balanced diet, balanced meal three times a day. We need all the vitamins, all the nutrients, all the minerals in your body to make sure your brain is working well. The wavelength, the wave in your brain is wired very well. Make sure your child attends school and keep up with assignments. Sometimes, especially with teenagers, if they tell you, oh, we're going to school, they'll end up maybe go with their friends somewhere. Assignment will be piling up. They won't tell their parents. Assignment might pile up for a whole week. This child is very anxious. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fail. The report card will show I'm going to fail. Indirectly, it's affecting their mental health. So as a parent, as a caregiver, ensure that when they tell you they're in school, you make sure they're in school. I am not saying that you, you don't trust your child, but that you know your child very well. If your child says they're going, going to be in school, trust that they're in school. And when they come back, let them show you things that they've done in school to show that they went to school. That way, it doesn't mean that you're not trusting them, but it means that you're holding them accountable to the things they're expected to learn in school. Then the school environment. Make sure any place that your child is attending school is full of people that will bully them. Kids have peer pressures from their friends. They may not even tell you, but you can tell when your child is afraid of a classmate. When you bring up a topic, oh, I don't want to talk about him. Why don't you want to talk about him? You are your child's best advocate to prevent him from him or her from having mental health. If somebody is bullying them in school, go in there, talk to the school administrator. It is your right, it is your child's right to make sure they have a very conducive environment to learn. Limit or supervise their social media. This one is very tricky now that everybody is on Zoom. They're on internet, you can't control what they watch, but that's a way you can use parental control to know exactly what sites they are visiting. Limit it, control what they're seeing. Let, if they want to be on Zoom, let it be on Zoom, or after Zoom, you turn it off. They are, the, they are born in this generation that social media is their life. We cannot take it away from them, but we, we don't want social media to consume them. It's okay if your child is on Zoom, once in a while, you come and peep in and see what they're doing. You have that right as a parent to make sure they're doing the right thing. In terms of the uh, appointment, make sure your kids are keeping up with their pediatric appointment. There are immunizations that they will need that can help them fight certain diseases that can trigger them to have mental health. If you're not paying attention to this immunization or taking them to see their doctor, it could affect their health. 
like when somebody has high thyroid level or low thyroid level or even vitamin D deficiency, it can affect their mental health. So if this child is not seeing the doctor annually, how will you know that this level is low that will make this child feel or become sick or have mental health issues? One important thing too, be close to your children. Ask questions. I know we are all busy, busy adults. We live in the morning going to work. We come back, but your children are your number one responsibility. I do understand we have to go make money and take care of them, but we want them to be here and enjoy the money that we're making. So make it a point, be close to them, talk to them, be, be their friends. I, I do understand sometimes people will say, oh, my kids are not my friends. My own kids are my friends. I want them to be comfortable to come to me, talk to me about anything. If they cannot talk to me, who, who can they talk to? Yes, they can talk to their friends, but is that friend giving them the right information? So please make it a point to love your children, be close to them, pay attention to their behaviors. You know them very well. If anything changes, don't wait. Oh, it's a phase. It's, it's, she's just being a teenager. Make sure it's not that phase. Find out from her what is going on so that it does not get worse. And love them, love them, love them. Next slide, please. All right, give me a thumbs up as soon as you can see it. Absolutely. Perfect. The next slide is on treatment. When a child has a mental health issues, there are two ways you can treat a child. You can give a child medication or you can do therapy, depending on the level of mental health or the degree of mental health they have. Medications are prescribed by psychiatrists. These are medical doctors that specialize in mental health. They can put your child on antidepressants if that child is depressed or anti-anxiety if that child has anxiety or even sleep, sleep disorder. You could also put the child on mood stabilizer if a child has bipolar. You could also opt out to have therapy. Sometimes when a child talks to somebody outside their home, they can feel free and say, this is what is bothering me. A friend is disturbing me at school. A friend is bullying me. So that they wouldn't be constrained by, oh, I don't know what my mom will see if I tell her this. I don't know what my dad would see if I tell her this. You can allow that child to go see a counselor, see a psychologist, or a therapist. It could be one-on-one individual therapy, or they can have group therapies. So these are ways, two ways you can treat your child if they have mental illness. Give them medication or have them do therapy. Next slide, please. All right, give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. It will do. Awesome. Okay. This is very important to me because I wanted us to pay attention to things we say to people with mental health, especially children. We may be thinking that we are helping. Sometimes it's not always helpful. When you tell somebody, maybe a child comes to you and tells you, this is what I'm going through, and you're telling that I'm so sorry for you. 
when you use the word I'm so sorry for you, that child feels that they have this disease nobody has, that you're feeling sorry for them. That's not a good way to tell a child that is going through mental health. Or you tell somebody, I know what you're going through. People usually would tell me that when, when maybe a family member passes on or um, something happens, somebody is, oh, I'm so sorry. I know what you're going through. Do they really know what you're going through? Nobody knows exactly what you're going through except you. Even if you have a twin, you know, sibling, you have different genetic makeup that they don't know exactly what you're going through. So if somebody maybe loses someone or going through mental health, they're telling you, I feel anxious all the time. This pandemic is making me feel edgy. Don't tell them I know what you're going through because you don't know. When you tell them that, you push them off. It's difficult for them to tell you because they'll say, he always tells me she knows what I'm going through, but I don't think she does. And don't tell somebody you'll be okay. That's one thing we always say, you'll be okay. It's okay not to be okay. You don't have to be okay. If a child is in school, they're telling you, oh, I, I, I don't think I did well in class today. I'm afraid of this test. I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to make a good grade. You don't tell them, oh, you'll be okay. How can you say you'll be okay? She's telling you she didn't do well. Find another way to talk to that child. Telling them you'll be okay is just shutting them off, and they won't come back to you, and you miss that chance of using it to help this person. Or if you tell somebody it could be worse, it's difficult to tell somebody it could be worse. Why would you tell a child it could be worse? Why not find a way to calm that child down and ensure that he or she understands what is going on around them? It could be worse. Yes, it could be worse, but don't tell it to a child that's going through mental health. You can always tell them, how can I help? Tell me what you're feeling so that they can express that. When you say it could be worse, it shuts that child off because they're thinking, mommy or daddy, doesn't even understand what I'm going through. She said it could be worse. How could it be worse? I'm already living the worst situation. The next one that people usually say that I, I find it very difficult is get over it. Maybe a child at, you know, goes to a teacher and says, I, I feel depressed. I feel hopeless. I don't know what is going on. I think it's because of this pandemic. And you tell the child, get over it. You've missed a good opportunity to help this child seek help. You cannot say get over it. And that child will not get over it because they've not been treated. Nobody has really actually listened to this child to help them with what they're going through. Talk about it with them and get help with them. But when I say talk about it, I don't want you to dig into a child's you know, life trying to find out. If they want to talk about it, they will open up and tell you, this is how I feel. I feel sad. I feel hopeless. I can't sleep. But don't just go, you know, digging into their life. When you go digging into their life, most kids will withdraw. They will cut you off. So allow the child. Tell her, tell me exactly what's going on. How can I help? Give them that. Empower them to be able to say what they want to tell you so that you can help them seek help. And last, one last thing else I would like to let you know about children. We do that as an adult. Have you tried this? 
Oh, I know Kelly tried this and it worked for her. And I heard that when you meditate, it works for you. It helps. Everybody, we all have what works for us. For somebody that is very anxious, meditation will not work for them because they're all, they are very jittery. They cannot sit down and meditate. So when you tell her, oh, I heard, medit I heard that meditation helps, that's not a good thing to ch tell the person. Refer that person to a licensed person, a professional that can help them. You cannot always say, listen, you know, I, know, I, know, I, I know I don't understand what you're going through, but I can refer you to somebody that can help. But don't go giving out information. Go and try yoga. Go and try exercise. Have you exercised? Eat right. Walk around the neighborhood. I, heard it, I hear it helps. You're not in that position to give that information to that child. Seek help for this child through a professional means. Next slide, please. Give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. Will do. This is the slide that talks about ways that you can support children with mental health. Like the last slide I talked to you about things you're not supposed to say. Sometimes your action alone can help someone more than what you say. If somebody comes to you, a child comes to you complaining, oh, I'm, I have headache, I don't sleep at night, I, know, I have all these thoughts going through my head, the mere listening to that child is an act. You don't have to say anything. Just have the child understand that you care enough to listen to what he or she has to say. Makes a whole lot of difference. And also know why you want to help this child. Are you helping this child? Or are you trying to be curious to find out what he's going through so you can use it against him or her or use it against the parents or talk about her in the class if you're a teacher? So you have to make sure you understand why you want to help them, to help them to really get help or to be curious about what he or she is going through. Validate their emotions. I've talked about that before. If they come to tell you something, yes. I hear what you're telling me. So, so you're saying what happened? You're if validating what they're telling you. You're not telling them, oh, I, heard, I understand where you're coming from. Because you don't understand. You don't live in their home. You don't know what is going on in the environment. So validate that emotion and say, thank you for letting me this. Is there anything I can help, I can do to help you? And the another thing you can do is that every feeling is completely okay and tell the child, it's okay not to be okay. Because the child can say, I don't want to tell my mom, I didn't pass my exam because I was feeling anxious, I couldn't read. Tell the child, it's okay. Feeling anxious is fine. We're all feeling anxious with this pandemic. So it's okay to tell your mom, I'm hoping she will understand. You, you can't say she will understand because you don't know the mother. Say, I'm hoping she will understand. Then the next thing is treat them as normal as possible. If you have a child that is going through anxiety or depression, try to treat them as you are treating them before. Don't make them feel, oh, they are sick. If you are, I put movies here, but we know that when we're in pandemic, we're not going to the movies. But if it's something that you will go every Saturday, you go to the movies to watch the movies, 
still take this child to go to the movies. Still take them out to wherever you go. Don't make it, oh, she's sick, she can't go. Because may taking them out, you're exposing them to the environment that can help them, stimulate them. Because maybe that staying home is depressing them. So make their environment as normal as possible. Also, hold a space for them. What I mean by holding a space for them is when you create a space that is free of any judgment, free of shame, free of criticism, it makes the child feel welcome. If your child is going through depression and they're telling you, mommy, let's go to my room. I just want to stay in my room and read. If you have time, go with that child, go to the room. Hold that space for that child, but that's what they want to do now. Allow them to be the way they are. You don't have to say, oh, you've been reading since the whole day. Why not go outside and play? If that child, for lack of better word, if that child is not having any depression or normal, you can say that. But this child is going through depression. Have them where they are. If that's what he or she wants to do, hold that space for them. Be there because they will get better. When they will get better, then you can tell her, you've read enough, let's go outside. Hold that space, meaning that be with that child. Don't judge them. Don't shame them. Don't criticize them. Just be there and present with them until they get better. Next slide, please. All right. Give me a thumbs up as soon as you see it. <laughs> I've already talked about this. The first one, meet them where they are, not where you want them to be. Because you yourself, you're not suffering from mental health. So you don't know what he or she is going through. So meet them wherever they are. If they are not sleeping enough at night, meet them there and see how you can help. Don't tell them, what are you talking about? I, I told you to take warm milk. I told you to take a shower. You should be sleeping. Who are you to tell that? Because you don't know their own generic makeup, what is causing them not to sleep with their mental health. Just be there for them. Support them the best you can. And do not overwhelm them with information. We live in the information technology, social media, podcasts, books, articles, television, everything on mental health. Don't overwhelm them. Find the one that they will probably like, one or two, if possible one, and give it to them to read. When you overwhelm them with information, it's not actually helping, especially a child that has attention deficit. That's too much information coming to this child at once. If you concentrate on one and give it to him or her, let them read it, and you can read it with them together. You can help them answer some questions they may have. That's a good way to help them. Your role is just to be there with them and love them. Do not take over from them. Allow them the opportunity to make their choices. If a child is going through mental health, yes, you may think, oh, I'm, a, I'm the parent. I know what to do. I know what to, how to take care of them. But it's their choice. If they decide today, I want to go outside and play. If you're available, go with them outside and play. Allow them that opportunity to make their choices. Don't make it for them. Because what they're going through is not what you're going through. You don't know actually what they're going through until you've been in that position, until you've been, you've been that person, Kelly. Because you may be in that position, but your genetic makeup is not the same with Kelly's. 
Next slide, please. All right, let me know once you see it. This will be the last slide on ways you can help support children with mental health. Remember that mental health is a journey. You can have your ups, you can have your down. One thing you know that they may have setbacks. When they have all these setbacks, it doesn't mean that you didn't love them the way you're supposed to love them. It didn't mean that you didn't support them. You didn't mean that you didn't help them. It's just how mental health is. It's a journey, a roller coaster journey. Until they've gone to where they are stable, you, you have these ups and downs. And don't let it overwhelm you as a caregiver, or as a parent, to feel that you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Just see it as this is a condition, this is an illness. I'm just going to support them until we come to that to homeostasis or balance, and he or she will be normal. Offer assistance that helps them feel empowered and happy, but don't belittle them. You can always tell a child, okay, what do you want to do today? Do you want us to go to the movies? Do you want us to drive around town? Something that will make them feel happy, not something that will make them feel that you, they are a burden to you. Maybe instead of saying, I want to go to the movies today, you say, movie again today. I thought we went to movie two days ago. You are not helping. Try your best to be there for them and allow them to make their choices and empower them to be happy. The next one is ensure that they know that you are willing to catch them if they fall. That's why we are parents and that's why they are children. We know better. We've been here more years than them. We have experiences. We've learned from so many things. We advocate for them. Even if when, when you're allowing them to make those choices, if they fall, which sometimes they may, if they have mental health, always be there to catch them. Always be there so that you can be there for them. They feel like they'll have a shoulder to lean on. That's very important for anyone with mental health. Let them do it their way, but intervene when they're exposed to danger. When I'm asking you to give them choices, allow them to do what they want to do, if it comes to a point you feel like they are danger to themselves or to others, you must intervene. You must intervene as a parent. Always connect them with resources available to them that can help them deal with their mental health. Next slide, please. All right, thumbs up as soon as you can see it. These are the, when I talk about resources, these are things I want you to bear in mind. That you yourself as a parent, you cannot do it alone. Yes, you know your child. Yes, you give back to this child. But you cannot do it alone. You're not a mental health expert. Even if you're a mental health expert, you cannot treat your child. You have to leave yourself from that environment and have somebody use an objective eye to take care of your child. 
these are people that can take care of your children if your child has mental health. First one is a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor who can prescribe medications for your child. The child can see a psychologist. Psychologists, they don't prescribe medications, but they can talk to your child, bring out what is it is that's wrong with the child, talk to them so that they can be able to tell what's going on with them. They can also talk to counselors, social workers, and therapists. There are so many types of therapies these days that you can do. Some of them, you can do them, you know, telemedicine. You don't have to go in. Make sure you choose one that your child likes or loves. Two of you should sit down and decide on which one will work for them. You can have a child that they love animals. You can do a pet, animal, or um, dog, or cat therapy. If they love flowers, you can do that therapy. There are mindful therapy. There are talk therapy. Some children would like to talk to somebody. Let's talk it out, and they will tell you how they feel. Some would like to stay by themselves, just pet their dog, or love their dog. Anything that works for that child, give that child that resource. But make sure you're giving them a licensed professional. I don't want a situation you say, oh, and my neighbor down the road, I see him wear scrubs all the time. He probably works in the hospital. He can help. I'm not sure what your neighbor down the road does if he or she wears scrubs. Is that neighbor a psychiatrist? Is that neighbor a psychologist, a social worker, a therapist, a counselor? As long as they're one of those things, they can help. Or just don't go there because my neighbor works in the hospital. Make sure your child is in the right hands. Next slide, please. Okay, let me know once you can see it. This is one of the things that books can also be resource for a child. This is one of the books I, I wrote last year during this pandemic. It's called Coping with Anxiety and Depression During COVID-19, 10 Helpful Strategies. It's just a simple book you can read within a couple of hours. It tells you things you need to know, how to approach mental health, how to talk to your doctor about mental health, how to seek help. also gives you phone numbers you can reach out to if you're having mental health crisis. Next slide, please. Okay, let me know as soon as you can see it. Awesome. I think, okay. Parents and caregivers. This is uh, me talking to you now as parents and caregivers. I know we want the best for our child. I know we want them to seek help, but we want you yourself to be healthy. We want you yourself to be safe. It's not easy taking care of somebody that is, um, that's having issues, be it medical issues, be it mental health issues. Make sure you are, you are safe yourself to be able to support them. If you're not medically safe or mentally safe, how can you support a child? 
So make sure you are safe. Have your own support system, even if it means talking to your siblings or talking to your friends or talking to your parents, whatever that helps you cool your own brain because you need to, you need it because you're going through stress yourself. So make sure you have that system, support system. And have also somebody hold your own space. Have somebody that can be with you and understand where you're going through. If you have friends, let's say you have girlfriends, you all talk every Friday, but your child is going through this, their children are not going through what your child is going through. They can leave that space for you and say, oh, today we're not going to bother Emily. Let's not talk to Emily this Friday. She's going through a lot. We'll leave her space. When she needs us, she'll come back. So always make sure you, somebody is there to hold your own space. Because at, at one point, you need a shoulder to lean on. So have somebody where you can lean your own shoulder on. And know your role and stick to your role. Your role is a parent. Your role is a caregiver. Your role is not to treat your child. You can be forced or let's say you are in the medical profession or you're a nurse or a psychologist or a counselor. You feel like, oh, let me treat your child. Know your role. Your role is a parent. Don't treat that child. Refer that child to an outside source, a licensed outside source that can see an objectively an objective way of what is going on with your child and be able to offer help. I'm, I'm putting this here. Your job is to love, support your child, be there for them. Your job is not to heal them because you cannot do two, those two at the same time. That will be conflict. Have somebody else do it. Next slide, please. All right, let me know as soon as you can see it. Okay. 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 We're almost at the end of the presentation. This is the conclusion I want you to live with when you live here. Children present differently from adults in terms of mental health. What your mom may be presenting or presented years back may not be what your child will present. So do not compare the two. Even if they have the same diagnosis, maybe your child has a diagnosis of bipolar, your mom had a diagnosis of bipolar, you cannot say, is it not this what mommy has? Why is yours different? No, you cannot. These are two different age group, age range. So each have their own way of dealing with their stuff. Watch out for early signs of mental health that I've mentioned and make sure you monitor your children, talk to your children, make sure you are talking to their friends. Sometimes you get information from their friends. Most importantly, be close to them. And love them. There may be ups and downs, like a roller coaster, ups and downs, there will be struggles. It's okay. Nothing is perfect. But be there for them when they fall and help bring them together. Show strength. Show empathy. Show compassion. And you can only show these things when you can take care of yourself as a caregiver. Don't go showing the presence of your child. Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. Oh my God, this is causing me anxiety. If it's causing you anxiety, step aside. Let somebody else take over so that this child can heal. Remember that it does not matter the age. Anyone can have mental health. It does not matter the profession. You can be in a medical profession. 
You can be a psychiatrist, a psychologist, social worker, therapist, and also have mental health. So show empathy to anyone. Don't say, oh, you know better. Why are you worrying about this? We're all human beings. First, before our profession, before our title as parents or friends. So please ensure that you are talking to your children, you are close to them, you are loving them. If you see any change in them, take care immediately. Do not wait before it's too late. Next slide, please. All right, give me a thumbs up as soon as you can see it. These are telephone resources. I wanted to put it out here. If anybody needs it, you have it here. If you are feeling suicidal, help is available. You can always call 911 or you can call this free crisis hotline. Hotline numbers that I have here. Anytime you need any help, there is help here in this country for mental health. You don't have to suffer alone. Next slide, please. That concludes my presentation. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you all. Awesome. Let me go ahead and switch back to normal. Okay, let's come out of here and let's make this bigger. All right, so. Did everyone enjoy that? <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Stella. Let's give a Thank round of applause for Dr. Stella and her amazing presentation. That was very informative. That was a very well-rounded presentation, and I very much enjoyed it. I think one of, one of the things that I like that you talked about the most um, was about creating a safe space for kids to be able to discuss these things. Because I think that so much, um, and I'm sure we all have seen it before, parents, sometimes we can be dismissive of our children. You know, sometimes we say, oh, you know, nothing's wrong with you. You just exaggerate and you lying. You know, we can be very dismissive sometimes when, you know, they might be experiencing something, they might be going through something, you know, and one of um, the things about mental health is you want to be able to make your child feel comfortable enough to be able to talk. You know, <laughs> um, because I, I dealt with, you know, uh, depression and anxiety issues a lot when I was younger. And one of the things that, you know, I felt like was a big problem for me is I didn't know if I could talk to my mom about it. You know, I didn't know if it was okay or, you know, I wasn't a bad child or anything, or at least I don't think I was a bad child, <laughs> you know, um, and I just, I just didn't feel comfortable being able to say anything. You know, I didn't know how to explain what I was going through, how to, you know, say, okay, mom, well, sometimes I feel a little sad, you know, or sometimes I feel uncomfortable when I'm in these situations, or sometimes, like, you know, I'm just, 
you know, feeling this way or feeling that way. Is that something that you see a lot, Dr. Stella? Like, because I know I think a lot of parents sometimes think that, you know, it's just the child that needs the help. But a lot of the times it's the parent and the child who have to, like, come to terms with each other. Like, hey, like, we have to be able to talk to each other, you know. Yeah. Um, especially, I see that especially with us African-Americans, especially African-American mothers, <laughs> we feel like we can we can uh, chew gum at the same time, do so many things, you know. So you're, you're looking at your child, especially a female child, you're thinking, why can't you be strong? We are built to last, you know. We are built to take it all. We can have it all. So it's something normal that I see in the African-American community that we as African-Americans do, as African-Americans mothers. But it doesn't have to be that way. You know, Like I said, it's always okay not to be okay. If that child is telling you that they feel sad, believe that child. Talk to that child. But if you don't give them that avenue to come to you, who would they talk to? They will be in their room you know, dealing with it by themselves, and you don't know what else can happen. So have an open-door policy that they can come and talk to you. We don't have to be superwomen. We don't have to, you know. That superwoman, uh, you know, idea you are trying to see everybody, oh, I can do it, we can do it, it can get you in trouble. This child can commit suicide. Then that your wing is, is down. So know that it's okay not to be okay. We don't have to be perfect. Allow that child to come to you and seek help for the child. I think that's very, very important, and especially in the African-American community, you know, sometimes we have these, we have a, a really, we have a very nonchalant way of dealing with mental health already, you know, so it's kind of like, oh, you're okay, you're just sad, or you're just this, you're just that, you know, so I think it's just, I like what you said about creating an open-door policy, like, making it normal, you know, amongst you and your child, your children, like, hey, you can come and talk to me. Like, if you don't understand or know what's going on with you, like, we can talk it out. We can figure it out together, you know, because I think sometimes, like, with that nonchalant way of how we handle things, you know, it can make a child feel like they're on their own or, you know, they – we diagnose ourselves, like, or we tell ourselves, like, oh, it's just sadness, oh, it's just this, and then we're in our 20s and our 30s, and then we get diagnosed with depression and these other conditions and these other issues, and then that's an even, then, you know, when you go back and you talk to your parents and stuff, they're like, oh, I, how do you, how do you mean you have these things? Where did this come from? It's like, something I've been dealing with. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 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 You're right. So does anybody else have any other questions? Um, I didn't see anything in the chat, but I just wanted to open it up in case anybody had any comments, anything they wanted to say, anything they wanted to add or piggyback off of that. Anybody? This is where we play the, the uh, what's it called? Jeopardy song. <laughs> 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 well, awesome. I'm hoping that no questions is a good thing and that everyone was able to get a lot of information. I took a ton of notes <laughs> from, you know, your presentation. 
Um, Dr. Stella, I really, really do appreciate you. I appreciate your time and all of the knowledge and information that you shared. Um, before we let you go, before we wrap up, can you tell us again how we can contact you, how we can support you, how someone can reach out to you if they're having problems with their child, if they're having problems of their own? Okay. Yes, uh, my email address is the best way to reach me. My email is my first name, Stella. My last name was Kiji, the number one, at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, MedHourStella, MedHourStella. You can also reach me at my, any of my nonprofit organization. You can click there, and it comes directly to my email, dsenfoundation.org. That's dsenfoundation.org. So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are all in this together. We will get through it together. Awesome, awesome. That is very true. We're all in this together. We all are here to support one another. Anybody that's having an issue, if you're having an issue or with yourself or with your children, feel free to reach out to Exquisite Kids or to Dr. Stella. Um, we just want to be able to help. We want to be able to provide people with the correct information um, because I know in the social media age, sometimes the wrong information gets spread around. Um, that's fake news, so we don't want to spread fake news. We want to be able to provide real solutions to people. So um, this has been wonderful. This has been amazing. Again, for anyone watching um, this whole presentation is going to be on our website as well. Um, hopefully technology doesn't give me a hard time this evening. Um, along with Dr. Stella's information and how you can contact her, how you can support her and everything that she does. Um, and yeah, this has been an amazing opportunity. Um, again, thank you so much, Dr. Stella. And thank you. if you're watching, enjoy the rest of your night. So thank you. Too. Thank you, everyone. See you soon. <laughs> Thank Bye. you guys. Bye. Have a good one. <laughs> you too.